Hi there, and welcome back to Conversations with Father Greg, with an episode for Sunday, February 19th, 2023. In today's episode, we mark the last Sunday before the season of Lent, in which we journey towards Easter. But we're not there quite yet. Let's stop and hear a reading from Matthew's Gospel. Matthew writes, Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And Jesus was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While Peter was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the Beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of Christ May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, hi there, everyone. When I was a boy, my brother and I often played in the backyard, especially in the summer. Inevitably, a ball, a frisbee, or a toy plane would find its way up onto the roof of our bungalow. Being the eldest of two brothers, it was usually my job to climb the TV antenna, step out onto the roof, and reclaim whatever I found up there. I remember one hot August day quite clearly. I got up on the roof, found whatever toy had been lost, and then, for some reason, I stood up and I looked around. I was shocked. I could see the whole world from up there, or at least four or five blocks in any given direction. Suddenly, our house and our backyard didn't seem quite so big anymore. I learned a lot about perspective that day. You can get a whole new appreciation for something simply by changing the angle that you view it from. We see this in our gospel reading for today. Jesus had just finished doing some teaching. Peter had declared Jesus to be the Messiah and the Son of God. Jesus followed Peter's declaration with a prediction about his own crucifixion. Matthew then tells us that, a few days later, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up a high mountain. A few weeks ago, when we began looking at the Sermon on the Mount, we discussed the significance of mountains in Scripture. We know that throughout the history of ancient Israel, people encountered God on mountaintops. So when Jesus told Peter, James, and John that they were going to climb a mountaintop, they would have expected something significant, because they knew that when people climbed mountains, supernatural, life-changing things tended to happen. 
As we read on, we realize that they were not disappointed. Jesus' entire appearance was transformed into something supernatural. His three followers had an apparition of Jesus that quite literally cast him in a new light. As if that change in appearance wasn't enough, Jesus was joined by Moses and Elijah, two of the greatest heroes of the Jewish faith. The miracles continue as the disciples are overshadowed by a cloud and hear a voice affirming what Peter had already declared, that Jesus was the Son of God in whom God takes great pleasure. Imagine for a moment what it would have been like to be Peter, James, or John that day. This whole thing would have given them a different perspective on who Jesus was. At the very least, Jesus was suddenly on par with some of Israel's most important heroes. And then there was the voice. Yes, Peter had declared Jesus to be both the Messiah and the Son of God. But here, on this mountain, Peter's declaration is confirmed in a whole new way. There's about a million miles between being an esteemed religious leader, even one who communes with God, and then hearing a voice from heaven declaring Jesus to be the Son of God. Peter's response was actually quite natural. He wanted to preserve the moment by building a dwelling for Jesus, for Moses, and for Elijah. This was a profound experience, and they wanted to make it last as long as they possibly could. But if they had done that, they would have missed the point entirely. Time and time again throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus withdrawing to pray. We're told that sometimes he sought out a solitary place to commune with God. At other times, like this one, he took some or all of his disciples with him. This is significant because it tells us that Jesus knew the importance of withdrawing to spend time with God and to get some perspective, but he also knew the importance of returning to the task at hand, and this time was no different. Rather than staying put, Jesus told the disciples that they had to go back down the mountain, returning to the work at hand. Healing the sick and dying, offering pardon and hope, and to teach people a new way to engage with God and with each other. Their perceptions had been radically challenged, and now it was time to put that new perspective into practice. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we are called to encounter God, but those encounters do not exist in seclusion. This was true in the first century, and it's true today. So what's the application for us today? What can we liberate from this text for our modern lives? First of all, this story encourages us to take time for all types of renewal and personal growth. Spiritual, emotional, psychological, and physical. Intentionally make time for the kinds of things that nourish and energize you. Build times into your life that allow you to step back and to get some perspective. This can mean making time for exercise and recreation, but as people of faith, it also can mean so much more. Listen to a Christian podcast in the car. Read something that expands your understanding of Scripture. Explore a new Christian practice or read something that challenges your spirituality. 
Any of these things can help initiate spiritual growth and reflection. The introverts listening today are likely very excited at the thought of sequestering themselves with a mountain of books. But this isn't just advice for the introvert, it's for all of us. While the extroverts may find it more challenging, there is a reward there for you as well. But let's not forget that Jesus also modeled active engagement with the world and with other people. While there is a strong biblical model calling us to reflection, introspection, prayer, and study, that's only one side of the coin. Today we read that when Peter, James, and John heeded Jesus' call to withdraw, they were rewarded with an encounter with the supernatural. Having experienced the mountaintop, they were then ushered back down the mountain to engage humanity once again. This reminds us that our withdrawal is neither complete nor permanent. There is still work for us to do. Independent of our temperament, we are each called to find some practical, outward expression of our faith. Feed someone who is hungry. Visit the sick or the lonely. Donate clothes to the poor. The list is almost endless. Our search for an application of this text lies neither in withdrawal nor in perpetually throwing ourselves into the melee of work, but in the balance between the two. Throughout the New Testament, the Apostle Peter is described as someone who is impulsive, ambitious, self-assertive, and sometimes a little too quick-tempered. Yet when Jesus went off to find a quiet place to pray, he often took Peter with him. In comparison, we know precious little about the Apostle James, yet he was told to preach, teach, and make disciples. Today we are reminded that there is a time for both quiet reflection and also for engaging in the work we have been called to do in the world. We are called to both times of work and times of quiet prayer and study. Let's pray. Compassionate God, you transfigured your Son, Jesus Christ, before the eyes of your chosen witnesses, and they were overcome by fear. Transfigure us so that we may turn from fear to love and reveal your compassion for all humanity. We pray this through Jesus Christ, the Beloved. Amen.